0: what's up everyone welcome back to the contractor secrets podcast i thought since after you guys spend so much time uh you know with me learning about the ways i do business um follow me on instagram i mean i've made so many friends uh in the last two years of me doing coaching and you know trying to serve you guys i thought it'd be cool to share with you my story i don't know if any of you uh know the real story behind how i got here um but I, I recorded this. Uh, it's just a heartfelt story of who I am and what I'm about and how I got here. So if you're interested in listening to that, tune in. It's coming up next. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right. They're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener. It's so much better. And that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time, and that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat, and that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets Podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. For those of you interested, I want to tell you my story. I want to tell you kind of how I got into this business, um, and the why behind everything that I do, and really what my focus is, you know, daily. And I think, um, you know, I haven't really let this story out like this, but I felt why not? You know, share it with my my podcast family, just so you guys get an idea of like, you know, who is this? Who is this guy that's shooting out all this information? Where does he come from? Like. Does he paint? Like you know, and obviously, you guys know that I don't paint. And I, I was never really a painter by by profession. So early on, um, when I was like thirteen, my dad uh, had his own quote unquote painting company, and um, he was kind of like a majority of the people that I try to help. You know, he, he was actually really good at sales. You know, he's from up north, and he he knew he knew how to talk, um, and he it was a really good painter. I mean, he's just a craftsman, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of the people that I help have parents like this that are, um, that are, you know, that were in the trade that taught them the trade. So I would go with him, um, during the summer, you know, six o'clock in the morning, he'd wake me up and, you know, I would be responsible for, uh, doing all the prep work, you know, taking off, uh, you know, light plates, you know, uh, taping, doing some caulking, you know, little things like that, nothing major. Um, and never really kind of just like, paid attention to the business aspect of it until the recession hit. And when the recession hit, you know, he went from really just having a job almost all the time to not having any work. And I really saw, you know, just a decline, a struggle happening, um, you know, to the point where we were without electric, we were going to local food pantries. I mean, he just, you know, he really, you know, really didn't have anything, um, to show for his his years of hard work, he definitely didn't have a CRM to remarket to his customers. He didn't have lead sources that could provide him with work when he needed it. Essentially, you know, he just heard the words "no" too often and didn't have anything any backup plans. Um, and that really affected us. I mean, for me growing up in that environment, um, that, you know, started off, you know, we were, he was successful. He, he did very well. He, you know, he had, you know, customers and, and his main lead source was word of mouth. And once that recession hit his main lead source dried up, uh, everybody held on to their money. It was, it was a really, really tough time. And, you know, the, the, the weight, the mental stress, um, you know, really took a toll on, uh, my parents' marriage. It took a toll on, um, you know, just us, I mean, just, I remember being a kid and, and, you know, having to, you know, pick up all my friends for gas money. I mean, I couldn't get to school without, you know, having to hustle, you know, I mean, just little things like that. You know, I was on free lunch, you know, we were getting food stamps, you know, I was at, I was at the, the very bottom, um, you know, in terms of finances and watching the reason behind that. because unfortunately my dad didn't really know how to run a business and my mom helped. But then it got to a point where unfortunately they took up a a drug addiction, you know, and and that really just kind of made it so much worse. And, um, you know, and and this isn't a downer episode. I kind of just want to give you guys an idea who it is that's helping you because I come from that place. I know what it looks like when, you know, somebody who's trying to provide for their family, doesn't have the tools that they need. I mean, had had he gotten help, had he reached out and found somebody to help him and guide him and teach him how to run a business and not just paint for a living, maybe all this stuff wouldn't happen. Um, so kind of fast forward a little bit. Um, you know, my mom wind up passing away. She had a uh, stage four lymphoma. so she passed away. and once that happened, uh, all motivation was lost. I mean, you know, throughout that time he would pick up a couple jobs here and there. Um, and it was just really tough to watch because I was, you know, getting ready to go to college. So this happened when I was in college and, you know, I definitely didn't want to be a painter after seeing that. And I wanted nothing to do with painting after that. When I saw painting, it represented pain to me because I was like, well, that business sucks, you know? And, uh, you know, so I went into, I was in the restaurants. I, um, I got a server job. Uh, well, first I started as a bus boy making $7 an hour. And that was like, I remember getting my first paycheck of $47 and my mom taking me to Walmart to go cash it. And like, we were just so happy. <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, that's like the level, you know, I was at financially and I, I worked hard for that $7 and then, but I always knew that I had to move up. So when I turned 17 Or when I turned eighteen, I got a job at a uh, as a server at a restaurant, and I was able to make tips. And I'm like, man, this is great! Like I'm making 150, 200 bucks a night, um, serving at this really popular sushi restaurant in our area. Um, And from there, um, you know, I was going to school full time too. I was taking four classes, learning management. So my big vision was I wanted to own a restaurant. You know, seeing restaurant owner that I work for. I mean, this guy was extremely successful. He had a ton of money. You know, I mean, it was just one of those things that, you know, coming from nothing, you just get inspired by somebody who's, you know, doing doing, doing really well in the field that you're working in. And I, I saw a possibility out of that. Um, as, as this is going on, you know, my, my family's continuing to struggle. I got a little sister at home who super important to me we're eight years apart so i've always been a big brother having to look out for her and knowing that they were still struggling you know you know i had this little bit of you know motivation inside of me to be be successful i had to be i mean no one else i didn't have any help everything that i've ever had i've purchased every no one's ever paid a bill for me i've ever every i've never missed a payment on anything and that was simply because of the hard work tied to the fact that i have no choice and sometimes that motivation is important. And, and I know that maybe some of you may not have that level of motivation, but you certainly can find that creating a better circumstance for you and your loved ones. If you have kids, that's like the greatest motivation. So as my you know my family's continuing to struggle, um, I work my way through the restaurant business. I am becoming a manager of the restaurant owner's new restaurants, a bar and grill. So the server job was so great for learning how to talk to so many different types of people it's kind of like speed dating right so you have new people sitting down at every single table i'm sorry it's like speed selling you have new people sitting down at every table um every like 30 minutes and you get a new family you get new personalities that you have to deal with you get new you know, new requests, you get new, like, it, it was so crazy. And if I look back, I probably served thousands of people. And the whole time, my mind is just learning how to communicate with so many different types of people on the fly. And Like that was so good for me because like, you know, I could tell when somebody was getting angry, I could tell when somebody's getting anxious, I can tell when somebody's not happy and I can also, you know, you know, find ways to please people, try to make them, you know, try to go above and beyond to to create that customer service. So customer service and sales for me was like embedded early on with all that server experience. So the next step was management. I was so thankful I got a management opportunity um at the bar and grill because you know i was only 19 um 19 i was turning 20. so i worked as a server for two years and i'm I'm turning 20 so pretty much I'm, i'm not even able to drink and i'm running a bar and a grill i was the general manager um and you know Obviously, under the direct supervision of the owner, you know, I was responsible for inventory scheduling, um, really just the flow of a restaurant. We used to do fight nights, um, UFC and and there were some big boxing matches matches back then. I think we did a Mayweather fight. And just, you know, just the flow of a freaking rockin' place, man. Just, just like, you know, you're in that that flow state. If any of you guys have ever been in a restaurant, a really busy restaurant, you know, you got to like your, your focus, like you got to make sure that the front of the house and the back of the house are like on the same page. So i learned that skill of being able to manage under pressure. Um, and more importantly, being able to manage people, you know, I'm dealing with people that are twice my age at the age of 1920, but learning how to earn their respect in a way that they didn't feel that I was this pompous, manager I, I i leveled with them i was in the grind with them I, I was the type of boss that you know saw my dad in these guys and i didn't want to ever feel like you know man you know if, if there was this 19 20 year old managing my my father i i didn't i would feel bad if he was treating him the wrong way so i always saw these guys in the position that they were and just treated them like they were they were my friends my family and i earned a lot of respect that way and that's kind of always been my management you know style i never needed to prove anything to anybody i always knew that you know i was i was blessed to be in that position and i took it very seriously they knew that although i was their friend i did my job and it made them better it brought the best out of them because no one wants to go to a job where you know the management doesn't care it might be fun for a little while but ultimately you know we're by nature inclined to succeed and you can't succeed in a, in an environment that doesn't force you to grow. So I always did my job. I always kept it professional. I never really hung out with anybody outside of work. You know, of course in restaurants everybody wants to go out and drink. I never did it because I knew that I had to keep my, you know, I had to, I had to keep that level of professionalism to raise everyone's standard when it came time to work. Um, and that was, that was the first management job I got. So I went away to college after that. I, I moved to a, a college town in Gainesville and got another server job there. Just in the meantime, you know, it was kind of hard retracting, but I was taking classes and I wanted, I was, you know, I wanted to be a sports agent because after seeing the grind of being the manager of a restaurant, I'm like, man, this is hard, you know, I, you know, the, the hours and stuff. Um, so I became a server of a restaurant there and, that restaurant winded up giving me an opportunity to be a general manager of a nightclub slash restaurant. Um, From there, although I didn't want to own a restaurant or own own a restaurant and that wasn't my vision anymore, I couldn't turn down the money. I mean I was getting $42,000 a year salary and for me that was a $10,000 increase and again, my family struggling, I need to pay bills, and I had to take the opportunity. So I took the opportunity, I was a general manager there. And uh, the the nightclub dynamic was interesting, because, you know, I'll be I'll be straightforward with you guys a lot of a lot of, you know, a lot of bad influence, um, had to, had to stay on the right path. And, and thankfully I did, you know, again, having that level of professionalism, not to be swayed by all this craziness. I really didn't know what I was getting into. Um, but I, I went through that and, and thankfully with that, I was like, man, I got to get out of this hospitality industry. This is not for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, a friend of mine got me a job at, um, a Toyota dealership as a car salesman. I'm like, man, this is awesome. He was, you know, he would come into that, that um nightclub restaurant say man i'm making all this money like i love selling cars like you know hours are kind of crazy but you're not working nights and i was getting home at like three or four at night working at this club and i'm like man i need to stop doing this like this is crazy so um thankfully i got the job at the uh the car dealership doing sales and first month of me being there um my mom passes away so I found out she had gotten cancer about a, about nine months prior and my and then I found out she passed away um nine uh, nine months after my first month into the car car business and I mean just the the craziness surrounding that time period like really just molded me because like I never experienced such loss such pain like that like and you know, me priding myself as this motivational person, this person wants to carry his family, you know, to the finish line, Um, you know, even trying to help her get through cancer and, you know, going home and bringing flowers, driving home from college and like all these things, like, you know, you just think like, what am I doing this for? Um, So adversity hit me. I had to keep going. You know, I had to really keep pushing there. Um, And thankfully, the, the, the sales aspect of that job pushed me because it gave me a goal to hit. I never had a business that gave me a goal to hit in terms of like my, my personal goal. Like, you know we were kind of independent contractors there in my opinion i mean if we didn't sell we didn't eat so you know I, I just kept my eyes focused on 20 cars you know i wanted to sell 20 cars and and even though we were going through such a tough time in my personal life i didn't i couldn't let it affect me because like i just stayed focused so i wanted to learn the art of sales and i would pay attention to my sales manager i mean this guy was phenomenal i mean i never seen sales like this so i really didn't understand the dynamics of Back and forth psychology, and you know there'd be these these times when I would have people come into the dealership, and um, I'd go through the, the walk around, the test drive. I mean, I mean, exhausting these people with just like information, knowledge, like in my mind, knowing they're gonna buy. I'd sit down with them and I'd present them the the price, and that was our job as a salesperson. Is we'd go into the sales tower, we would put in all the information into the system, and the manager would give us a price to give to the customer, and the price would, you know, I would I would outline the price and kind of like how I teach you guys how to present the price in person. That's where I got it from. And essentially, um, you know, I, I, I would do what I was trained to do and you could just tell they weren't going to buy. And I'm like, man, I just worked with you for three hours. Like, oh, okay, well, we're going to think about it and this, that. And one of our rules was before somebody leaves, we had to go get the manager to come talk to them. And everybody wanted this one manager. His name was Ryan. And when he was free you know i would purposely like stall to make sure that i didn't get any of the other managers i wanted ryan to come do my deal because i knew that he would be able to close it and when this guy came this guy was like 6 foot 4 i mean just a freaking presence and he would sit down and the word that i would describe for ryan in terms of his sellability was articulate I mean, this guy could articulate. I mean, it was just the way he danced around words and objections. I mean, that's what I learned from him is handling objections. He hung in there and he literally identified what the barrier was that was stopping people from saying yes. And he would take that barrier and he would like diminish it. So then he would like ask it again and he, and be, yeah, well, we already, we already overcame that barrier. So what's, what's the next barrier? I mean, just the way that he did, it was crazy. And I got so much out of that. I mean, it's awesome. So thankfully I learned the art of sales and that's what like, that's what like my passion became. Like, so look, so thankfully I had this opportunity to work at a restaurant and I learned customer service and, and you know, sellability, not sales, sellability. Okay. Learned management. Um, had two jobs there and now I really learned the art of negotiation on the third job and sales, you know, uh, you know, working at the car dealership. So in the meantime, my family's still struggling back home, you know, um, and, and, you know, it's just hard on me. I'm like 21 at this time and, you know, just, you know, trudging along. I mean, I, I you know, it was, it was crazy. So I worked at the car dealership for about nine months, um, got a ton of experience. I, I, I was one of the sales leaders there. I didn't, I, I wasn't the best. Um, Cause I really didn't have a repeat, you know, repeat business. So, you know, I was kind of just, you know, getting new people every month. Um, so I worked there for about nine months and I was getting burnt out. I mean, there was months where, you know, I mean, you'd go, you'd go 16 days and sell three cars and those whole 16 days. I mean, you're just working there for nine to 10 hours and you're not selling anything. And then you'd get like a, an influx of people at the end of the month and that would make your month. But I mean, like those 16 days were gruesome. I mean, I'm just walking around the dealership on my phone, like just waiting for people. And I just felt like my brain was dying, like <laughs> it's crazy. So I'm like, I gotta get out of this. So a friend of mine, um, got me into a life insurance um, brokerage. So life insurance was was a whole freaking, oh my gosh, life insurance was crazy. I mean, that, these guys were, it was like, it felt like the Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, these guys would go to the sales meeting in the morning, do their like hype sales meeting, and then they go right to the bar. And these were, these, they were training me. They're like, all right, yeah, you go with him. You go, you go, you know. Uh, go with Joe or whatever. And, and, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna take you with him for the day. I'm like, great, man. I'm so excited. He's like, all right. Yeah. So our first stop is at uh wing house. I'm like, what? You know, this is what you guys do. Like, you know, and me coming out of a car dealership working for, you know, 14 days doing nothing bored. I'm like, man, this is work. Like, this is cool. You know, like as a young idiot. Um, but then eventually, you know, I, 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 recognized who I needed to be with. Cause I, I again, I, I didn't have the luxury of just chilling, you know, I mean, it was fun for like the first two weeks, but I had to get to work, you know, cause ultimately money was running low again. Um, and you know, in, in these types of businesses, if you don't sell, you don't eat. So I went to the sales training down, down there. They sent us this corporate sales training, and it was cool. One thing about I liked about this business was I could sell for anyone. I mean, there was like 40 carriers that we could sell for. So ultimately, if you just got in front of somebody that was interested, you'd find a product for them. And in life and health insurance, you're going through a lot of qualifications um, to see which product works. So... I was like, you know, forget this. You know, I, I didn't wanna work with anyone. A lot of the guys worked together. They'd go knock on doors together. I said, let me do it on my own. So they gave me a stack of leads. Um, for the first two days of the week, I would sit in a secluded office and I would make cold calls for two hours without leaving the office. I knew that I had to make these calls because these calls would get me appointments. And essentially I learned how to navigate the phone to get people to at least give me an opportunity to meet with them. So in that regard, I learned how to, how to really just, you know, I would say win people over who have no clue what I look like or who I am. And that's a powerful skill to learn over the phone because it's just such an untrusting medium, especially if somebody says, hey, this is Tanner from, you know, so-and-so insurance company. I just wanted to, you know, so it's like, you know, they like, oh, what does this guy want to sell me? So can you can imagine the type of rejection um, I received during that time. I mean, it was a lot of rejection. That's exactly what it did. So. In the car sales, I learned how to handle objection. And then in life insurance, I learned how to handle rejection. So I would set appointments and I would go knock. And and, and thankfully, those appointments went well because they, you know, they were, I, they invited me. But there were some times where I didn't have that luxury of people inviting me over. So I just did cold knocking. Cold knocking is, is what puts, you know, quote, unquote, hair on your chest. I mean, you have got to learn self-talk um to motivate yourself and you think oh well i'm gonna go knock 20 doors let me tell you something 20 doors is exhausting just 20. i did i did 30 once and i mean it it was just it was gruesome it was the whole day 30 doors and that's not you don't just do you know each door one next to the other you're going to leads houses you're driving in between um, you're talking about people slamming the door in your face. You're talking about just people not wanting to interact with you. But out of those 20, I learned the power of consistency because I knew that if I hit 20, I might get one. And that one would be, it could be huge. You know, it could be a, a really big life insurance deal or I could, I can unpack their other life insurance policy and help them, you know, make it better or look for an annuity. Like there were a lot of different things that I can learn. So I had to get my, I did have to get my 214, like 215 license for that to be able to sell it, um, which was another story. But, um, so I hustled to try to get that too. I mean, you know, the, the grind was present during this times. So meanwhile, back home, my dad's completely still like, he's lost it at this point. I mean, him, and my sister back home, um, you know, just, he's not working anymore. You know, electric's getting shut off, like no food. My sister's texting me like just craziness, you know, ensuing. Um, and you know i'm I'm helping out you know i have no choice you know and 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 i'm just like so you know my dad's. you know went off the rails so i had to find something more stable because i just you know i mean there were weeks that i didn't make money and there were weeks where i made a lot of money and it's just like the inconsistency wasn't wasn't helping so um i applied at a local credit union um and i knew of a credit union because i worked at the car dealership and the car dealership would work with creditors to um, finance people's car loans. So I heard of this credit union locally. I'm like, oh man, I've heard of them. They seem pretty good. So let me go apply. Thankfully, I actually knew somebody that worked there and I saw him when I was in the lobby to apply. And I'm like, hey man, you know, I'm looking to apply here. Um, You know, hey, could you just pass the word along and uh, have them look at my resume? He's like, yeah, man, sure. And thankfully he did that and and I got the job and that job was so great. Oh man, I'm so thankful for that job. Um, I worked there for a year and a half um, and I learned banking, I learned financing, I learned money. And when you learn money, you, you know money management. I think I learned more about money from the people who had a poor job managing their money than I did about the people who managed it well. Um, so that was a a major blessing. I helped so many people get out of bad car loans and I put them in better situations. They would come in and I would look at their credit report and say, wait, you're you're paying way too much for this. Let me refinance it and save you 300 bucks a month. Um, so that was really, really cool. Um, from there, you know, it was, it was awesome because, um, not only did I help them, you know, in that regard, I would get them credit cards. I was, I would help them get loans. Um, but I also saw how people started businesses. I saw them come in and, you know, file LLCs with the state, things I would have never known how to do. I was actually doing for people. So, you know, I was literally preparing, like I look back at my experiences and this is why you should be thankful for all your experiences. Like everything, and and i'm big into my faith i'm a christian you know uh, i'm I'm very uh centered in terms of you know just just i feel blessed to have all this experience that has given me the opportunity to own a business and i think i was being prepared for this um so as i'm doing this as i'm learning as i'm as i'm growing in this in this company i'm thinking i'm going to be a corporate executive um i'm thinking like this is my big break like i was getting awards after awards for sales for um for uh loans uh clothes i have like all these trophies from from like i mean it was it was an awesome experience um and in the meantime you know my dad again completely off the rails you know it's just getting real bad back home so I had a night of reflection one night. I'm um, at the top. I'm making about eighty thousand a year with bonuses, health insurance. I mean, I'm I'm at the peak here. I mean, I have everything that a twenty. I was well, I think I was twenty three. <laughs> um, that I have my own apartment. You know, I'm just I'm I'm like man, this is this is it. Like I did it, you know. And I'm I'm helping out when I can. I just had this moment of reflection. I'm like, I gotta go home. <laughs> And my dad and my sister lived in this small town. I mean, like just a dead zone, nothing there, you know? Um, so for me to make that decision, it was really hard. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And I'm like, you know, what if I started a painting business? I always wanted to own my own business. I said, what if I started a painting business, you know, to, to get my dad motivated again? I mean, it's been like four years since my mom passed and like three or four years, and he hasn't really operated this business since 2007. And I know we briefly talked about it, but, you know, I, I wanted to see if I can get him motivated again because going this route, you know, unfortunately, probably would have, you know, unfortunately, he, he could have passed away, too, with the stuff that he was doing. And I knew I had to go home. So, I actually, I quit my job and I moved home. Um, <laughs> you know, as crazy as that sounds, I just had to have this level of belief. I saved up some money and and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go all in. I didn't even know how to paint ever since, I mean, the last time I actually painted was when I was 13. I I did some Googling and I will, uh, shout out Eric Barstow on that. I mean, I learned a lot through his, his course, the painting, uh, business pro course, you know, um, thankful to that. It gave me kind of the confidence to, to move, to move forward, uh, there. And, um, you know, and, and I was like, we can do this, you know, I just watched some of his videos and I was like, we can do this, you know? And, um, as I, as I went, home I, I i you know i i thought that he would be a lot more involved in the business than he was um unfortunately that was not the case you know his his mental state in terms of his addiction and the things that he was dealing with was far greater than what i had known from living far away and for the first two or three months i mean i was i was let down i mean there were times where you know you know, long story short, there were times where I was put in some unfortunate circumstances for someone just wanting to start a business. And, um, you know, it was really hard, you know, and for the next six to eight months, you know, instead of him and I working together, I was forced to find people to help us. That wasn't my plan. I thought it was just going to be me and him working together. But I was like, I can't work with him, you know, like this, you know, he's, you know, he's not well. So I hired people and I got a team. And I started developing like this, this group of people that were helping us paint. And then it kind of just turned into, you know, turned into a company. And then, you know, I just learned as I went and I, uh, you know, I, I did have my dad there, but he was more in in an employee role as opposed to what I originally thought he would be as like a partner. Um, and that was even harder because I'm his, I'm his son and having to be the manager of your father is so hard, you know, um, but uh the the story the story ends well. So after about now we're in business for this is our fourth year in business. Um, my father and I parted ways um, in that regard. um we try I tried to help him set up uh, some drywall like you know uh, projects here and there that he was real good at, but we just couldn't work together. It was just it was too hard. And uh, I am thankful to a report that, he is in a uh, is in a long term uh, rehab facility, not just like one of those like you know it's, this is this is a rehab facility It's a working place like he's working and and he's doing so great he's been sober um, and you know thankful thankful to this to the business that we started you know it allowed me to come home and, and help him and see what was going on and I'm thankful to report that at this moment he's doing great and you know I I I would love the day where we can work together and and he could be committed. Uh, fully to the business and that that would be a dream of mine, you know, but um, in the meantime, you know I, I, I I'm thankful as well because I got to learn how to run a business on my own and that's where I come to be here for you Guys, you know, and, and that's where I'm at right now. And uh, you guys know I'm starting drip jobs the software company So I'm super excited about that um, That's the next phase of, of my journey. So I figured it would be cool to share with you guys my story Um, maybe some of you guys are dealing with some similar things, you know, this is real life stuff, you know, but I could tell you, honestly, I'm just so happy. My dad is, is doing well. And, um, you know, we've been through a lot and, and I'm thankful to have stayed the course and to be able to have, to have helped him. Um, and now our, our business is, is awesome. You guys know some of the story, uh, but that's where my passion comes from is helping you guys. I I would, I want to help everyone that, that i come in contact with you know um through my experience to get to the next level um because this business changed my life and i know it can change yours too if if you do it right and uh you have a system in place and all the things that i, I help you know help get you guys through Um, you know, it's, it's, that's probably, it's more rewarding than anything. Honestly, is helping you guys. I mean, not like it's the best, it's probably the best part of, of owning a business is being able to just share my experience and get it out there. So I hope you enjoyed it. I'm running out of time. Um, Hey, if you have any feedback on this, if if you, maybe you went through something similar, hit me up. You know I mean? I've been through a lot, you know, so there's definitely some insight I can, I can maybe share with you. So thanks so much for listening guys. You guys are great. I'll catch you on the next episode.